Good morning, everybody. Uh, you guys can have a seat. Um, I definitely am just so happy and blessed to be here with you guys today, but also just really blessed to be in Texas. Um, I celebrated my one year at you know putting boots on the ground in Texas on the first of September, uh, and I've you know just been an awesome ride ever since. Um, I have yet to get some cowboy boots though, so I, right. You know, we should all go shopping after church today. Uh, so I do want to say thank you so much to Pastor Eric and Pastor April for uh, just giving me this opportunity to come, uh, to come to Texas, to, that you're, you know, entrusting me with all of the little kids, the little ones. So definitely thank you so much. Um, I do want to say hi, Mom. Hi, Dad in Colorado. Uh, this is... This is it. I'm ready to go. Uh, so I do want to give you guys just kind of an update what's been happening in Faith Kids uh, the past, really the past year, uh, but especially just this past summer. We're doing a series called Boldly Go. And so that is taking the kids um, into outer space on a planet called Arcadia. And in Arcadia, they are discovering three mineral elements that they're supposed to bring back down to Earth. And those mineral elements represent love, power and unity and we're going through the book of acts and i'm teaching these kids that you know jesus died but he didn't leave us alone but he left us with his holy spirit inside of us and that we have this mission to boldly go into the world preaching that gospel and that's really what this is that these kids are able to receive that love receive that power and that unity that we can boldly go together so that's what we're doing um, my absolute favorite time of the year is fall, and so I'm really excited to jump into fall, and it was so exciting to see the table set up all beautifully, and my favorite color is orange, so it's beautiful and orange, <laughs> and pumpkin spice everything. I have pie for my birthday every year in March, but hey, that's what I love. I'm going to even have pie at my wedding, I promise you. Uh, I love... Uh, what else is there? Colors, the seasons are changing, it's getting cooler, <laughs> trying to. It's so nice though, it really is. I was not made for Colorado. I was made for barbecue and I was made for home cooking. I was made for the warm weather. I love it here. I don't miss the snow. If I never see snow again, I'll be good. I'll go home Christmas time, see it and come back to Texas. <laughs> I love it here. Uh, one of my also favorite things is football. Anybody? So uh, last week, I see some head shaking. Um, well, the Broncos won, so that happened. <laughs> uh, and the Cowboys. I also heard that Deion Sanders, is uh, he's coaching at uh, Trinity Christian High School, yeah, in Cedar Hill. Um, he's one of the greatest of all time, or he's the goat of uh, defensive backs. But, you know, we're actually not here to talk about the greatest of all time football players, but we're here to talk about that greatest of all time. Jesus is the goat. He is the greatest of all time sacrifice. So I really want to read this scripture, so we'll just jump right into the word. If you guys want to pull up your Bibles, and I say pull up because I don't, I don't open my Bible anymore. I pull it up. 
I'm going to read um, Hebrews 9, verses 11 through 28, but I won't read every single verse. So it says, So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Verse 14 says, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify your consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Then I'm going to jump down to verse 25. It says, And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth, who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once and after that judgment comes, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Lord God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you sent your son to die for us, that you are that goat, that you are that greatest of all time sacrifice. And I thank you, Lord, that even right now that Every heart is opened, every ear is open to hear your word. I thank you, God, for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Who knows what's coming up on Tuesday in, I'm going to ask you probably, the Jewish calendar. Yom Kippur is on Tuesday, which is also known as the the Day of Atonement. Um, And so it says in the scriptures what the Day of Atonement is, is that that is when Moses, he went up to Mount Sinai. And in Mount Sinai, he was talking to God. And while he was up there, that God gave him the Ten Commandments. And the people were waiting down at the base of the mountain. And they were getting a little restless. They were waiting for Moses. And they said, Aaron, this is Moses' brother, They said, Aaron, Moses is taking so long. He's taking too long. I don't know what he's doing up there, but we were just, we're bored. And so you know what Aaron did? He told the husbands, take earrings, take rings from your wives. Don't be taking nothing from me. I mean, you want to, no, we're not doing that. But yeah, so he took all of the jewelry, all of the gold, and he threw it into a fire, and it melted all of the gold, and he made a calf, and there was this giant golden calf, and they worshiped it. And they had just received freedom. These are the Israelites that just saw that God had sent plagues. They saw his magical, no, miracle-working powers, 
and that they even saw the Red Sea split apart, waters going from miles. They walked through dry ground to freedom, and they couldn't wait for Moses. And they told Aaron, and he, okay, let's make this calf. So they started worshiping this calf. They just saw God do this awesome, amazing work, and they worshiped it. So Moses comes down the mountain with the Ten Commandments, and he sees the sin and the wickedness and the rebellion of the people, and he threw the Ten Commandments up against Mount Sinai. And he looks at Aaron, and Aaron, he said, oh, I mean, I, I told the people to, to give me their gold, and then I threw it in the fire, and it just happened to come out a calf. <laughs> just, it happened, I don't know what happened. But then Moses went back up the mountain, and God told Moses, I am not going to go with you. It says it. It says that God did not want to go with the people anymore. He was going to separate from them. He wasn't going to be part of that anymore. He wasn't going to go with them. And Moses said, this is in Exodus chapter 33, verse 16. It says, how will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? So Moses is telling God, he's asking God, God, how will these people know that we are your chosen people if you don't go? It says, for your presence among us has set your people and me apart from all other people on earth. At this point, God placed Moses between two rocks. And it says in Exodus 34, 6 through 7, the Lord passes in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations, and I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. So Moses got to see the back of God. God put him between two rocks. He placed his hand over Moses, and he walked past him so that Moses could see the back of God. Moses was up in Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights with no food, no water. I've lived in a mountain that's so difficult, especially now that I live at 800 feet versus 8,000 feet, where I moved from a year ago, that I remember drinking water. Like, those of you, uh, Aaron, like, from Colorado, like, you drink water all the time. You don't get used to it. And here Moses is drinking nothing, not even water, for 40 days, and he's writing the Ten Commandments, and God is giving him all of these laws and feasts and festivals, so he does have compassion. He does have good things for them. And also, he even explained how to create the, the tabernacle. So the tabernacle was portable because the Israelites were going to be in the wilderness for a while, a really long time, like 40 years. That's a long time. It says, uh, so 
in Leviticus, he gave, he wrote through uh, exactly how to build the tabernacle, all of the pieces, and there is uh, all these different pieces that there are parts, and it's all specific, written in scriptures. Um, and there's a place. Um, there's the outer courtyard, and then there's the holy place, and then there's that holy of holies. And the holy of holies is the only place where God dwelled. That this is the only place where his presence was. There's the Ark of the Covenant, and inside the Ark of the Covenant is the Ten Commandments. And God gave this all. It's all specific. He gave all the instructions to Moses. And the Levites were the priests. This was the tribe of priests. And Aaron was the high priest. So God comes back down or I'm sorry, Moses comes back down the mountain with the Ten Commandments that he had rewritten, all of these laws, the covenant that God gave to the people of Israel. And he says that only one can enter the Holy of Holies, which is the high priest, and it's only once a year. So the day that Moses came back down the mountain is called the Day of Atonement. And so that is what the Jews celebrate even to this day, which is going to happen on Tuesday. And it says um, there's no one that's allowed to work or they will die. There's, it's absolute like Sabbath of all Sabbaths. And the high priest had to take three animals. He took a bull and two goats. So the bull he sacrificed for himself, for his family, his people, his family, that he could present himself and move on to these next steps. And the first goat was sacrificed, and the second goat was sent out to the wilderness. Well, how do they know which goat to pick? They cast lots, which basically means they like flipped a coin Okay, this is the goat that they are going to sacrifice, and this is the goat that is going to be sent out to the wilderness. And so Aaron would take that first bull, sacrifice it. He took the blood, and he went from the holy place under the veil to the holy of holies, and he sprinkled that blood on the Ark of the Covenant. Came back out sacrificed the goat, took the blood, entered that holy of holies again, and he crawled under that. He was face down when he was entering the presence of God, and he sprinkled that goat's blood, and that sacrifice was the sacrifice of all the sins of Israel, because the payment of sin is death. That blood had to be poured out, because blood is the sign of life. Poured out is the sign of death. It says in Leviticus chapter 16, verses 33 and 34, it says, This, and pure, I'm sorry, and purify the most holy place, the tabernacle, the altar, the priest, the entire congregation. This is a permanent law for you to purify the people of Israel from their sin, making them right with the Lord once each year. So this is the only time. It's happened every single year that their sins were forgiven because of the sacrifice. Okay, so what happened to that second goat? So that second goat, the priest, 
would take his hands on either side of the horn, and he would confess every sin upon the people, or upon the goat's head, he, of the people, upon the goat's head, and he would say things, you had an idol, literally a golden calf. You said my name in vain. You didn't keep the Sabbath holy. You uh, didn't obey your parents. Killed. Committed adultery. Lied, stole, coveted. That these are the, I mean, I'm sure that there was many other things, the wickedness, the rebellion that the people had committed. So, okay, Gabby, we're in New Testament times. What does this have to do with anything? I mean, Yom Kippur's on Tuesday, cool. Do you have the day off on Tuesday? I don't. It's not even a paid holiday for us. Like, we're not celebrating this anymore. Well, Hebrews 10. So we're going to go through the New Testament scriptures. Hebrews 10 says, for it is not possible, oh, I'm sorry, verse 4. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. This verse says in itself that it's not even possible to take away sins, so why do they do this every year? They did it every year from the time of Moses to the time of the goat. Jesus, the greatest of all time sacrifice. Verse 12, it says, but our high priest, our high priest, it's not even Aaron anymore, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice of sins. Good for all time. Jesus is our what? He's our goat greatest of all time greatest of all time it says good for all time then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet for that by that one offering he forever forever perfect those who are being made holy being made holy but if God was in that, that holy place, that, that's the, that, was the only, that was the holy of holies, then we are that holy place being made now. Jesus died one time for all time. He is that greatest of all time sacrifice, that he is that goat that we can celebrate now. We can celebrate that now. So this holiday, maybe we'll get a day off someday. So it says that the goat was sacrificed once every year. And this scripture was saying that, that God was that greatest of all sacrifice, one time for all time. So what about the other goat? The one that was confessed all of these sins upon its head, what happened to it? So that goat was taken by someone, put in the back of his pickup truck, driven out really far out to probably Oklahoma in the wilderness. Um, it was brought out into the wilderness 
and left there to starve and die. That goat is not coming back. It's going to be out there to starve. Remember, we, we get thirsty. It was not going to have any water. It was not coming back. And that's where our sins are. That Jesus paid that sacrifice for our sins, but then they were confessed upon the goat head and driven out to the wilderness. So who is that? Who's that goat head? That's Satan. That God is going to punish Satan for all of the sin. From the beginning, we see that Adam, he had sinned with Eve, but it started with Satan. And even Satan had sinned against God, and he took a third of the angels with him. And God is going to judge him for that. He's going to judge him for those sins. They're upon his head. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says that the God of this world blinds those that believe not. So he blinds. Who's the God of this world? It is Satan. That he is upon this world just trying to blind people. Those that don't get to see, don't get to hear that true gospel of Christ. That there is that two, there's two goats here. Who are you choosing to follow? Are you going to choose to follow those, that, that one goat, that greatest of all time, sacrifice for all time, that our sins are forgiven? Or are you going to follow the one that the sins are left upon his head and driven out to the wilderness? That's, it's just a lie. It says in Hebrews 10, verse 18, and when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Even now, we don't celebrate Yom Kippur and actually sacrifice and enter the Holy of Holies. He had to crawl under that veil. What happened to the veil? It was torn when Jesus died. When that greatest of all time sacrifice was made, that torn, that veil was torn. And you know what that Holy of Holies is now? That's me. That's you. That's, that's where God dwells now. That because of that veiled horn, because of that sacrifice, that the priest is the only one that could have entered that place, but that now we can enter. It says in verse 19, and continues on, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven, the most holy place, because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new life, giving way through the curtain or the veil of that most holy place. That we can enter into that most holy place. It says in the very beginning that God walked. The presence of God was with Adam. He walked with him. He talked with him. He was in the garden with him. And Eve 
he knew her, he talked to her. And sin and God cannot be in the same place. That Jesus, when he took that sin upon himself, that God had to turn because of the sin was on Jesus. That when even Adam and Eve sinned, that they didn't know where God was anymore, that he had left. He, he, they hid. They hid. That sin causes you to hide from that presence. But because of what Jesus did, because that we can have that, that holy place inside of us, that that's where God can be. So if sin and God can't be in the same place, do I still sin? Am I still a sinner? Brothers and sisters, it says in verse 22, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting in him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with, the, with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. They had to take that sinless, spotless, innocent goat because it had to be a sinless spotless, innocent animal. It could have been a person, but there was no people that were that innocent. And so it was that sinless, spotless, perfect lamb. Jesus is the lamb. He is the lamb of God that had to be sacrificed for us. And he that's not even the end of the story because he descended into hell, took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he came back to life, got his body, ascended into heaven. He didn't even leave us alone, but he left us with that Holy Spirit inside of us, that that is where God dwells, that that Holy of Holies is inside of us now. And I, I don't even want anybody in this room to think, okay, well, what about the, the, the sin I did last week? You know, think about it. I want you guys to even close your eyes right now. Think about where you were last week. Who did you talk to? And I don't want, I don't want to see hands or anything like that. If you have that sin consciousness that the enemy's trying to even bring up right now, trying to make you feel guilty right now. But that, that's just the enemy. But that there is that perfect lamb that was shed its blood for you. That that greatest of all time sacrifice was made for you. So forget that sin. And I'm not telling you to think of it in a way of making you feel guilty, that you don't have to grab the head of that goat and confess anymore. Maybe there's some of you even in here that you can't think of anything. And that is an amazing place to be because you don't have that guilty consciousness that it said here in the scripture that that consciousness, 
the God of this world, he blinds you. He blinds that, that truth. But is that, that, that guilty consciousness, if you have that, I really do want to pray that you're released from that. But if you can't think of anything, if you say, you know what, God, I know that I'm forgiven. That's where God wants you to be. He wants you to be in that place, that holy of holies, that you can come boldly to the throne room, that you can come boldly to that holy of holies. That is where he wants you to be. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you, just like he did with Adam, that that was his intentions from the beginning of time. And we can walk with God now, and we can talk with him. It says that our sins are on the bottom of the ocean, that they're out in the wilderness. They're not with us. So those of you that are in this room or even watching online, that you've never asked Jesus in your heart, I just want to pray and pray that with me now. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for being that sacrifice, for shedding your blood, for dying for me. I receive you as Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. But those of you that are in this room or watching online, that the enemy is just bombarding your mind, your thoughts, your consciousness of sin all the time. The things that the enemy will not let you forget are the things that God can't remember. But I just want to pray, those of you, just every person, put your hand on your heart. And I'm going to pray for you, pray for those that have that sin consciousness. Lord God, I pray for every single person in I pray, Lord, that they have heard your word, that they have heard that you are that true goat, that greatest of all time sacrifice. And I just thank you, Lord, that we can come boldly, come free of sin, because our sins are not with us. They're not even with Jesus anymore. And I just pray that even my heart, the all of my brothers and sisters hearts Lord are free from that sin consciousness that we truly are free from not only the consciousness of sin not only those thoughts those reminders of sin but also just free from sin that we don't even have to do that anymore we don't have to commit that anymore because we are free from that that the God of this world is not blinding us anymore that we can see that true gospel and that true gospel is that we are forgiven and so I just thank you, Lord, that every single person is able to come boldly to you, Lord, that you are here to help them, that you are here to bring them in, that you dwell with them, that you walk with them, that you talk with them. And I thank you, Jesus, for it. Amen. Amen. Well, definitely. I want you guys to even this week, I challenge you, this is my encouragement to you, just to be free from that. If that takes you maybe writing down that 
one, two, three, 103 sins that the enemy won't let you forget. Cast it away, that it's not with you anymore. And that you're free from it, that you're free from even just that consciousness. And this happened to me, that God reminded me that here I am standing in Bible college, wanting to go into ministry and just feeling so guilty, just so guilty of everything that I've ever done over and over again. Those things that I just can't let go of, that the enemy would not give it up. Even things that I, I know are not okay, those things that Bible school students aren't supposed to be doing. And he reminded me that my sin is dead and gone, that the enemy is going to be judged for it, but that I'm free. And I encourage you guys to be free. And I, if I, if I knew the place that I was you know, two, three years ago, that I would be ministering and preaching to adults in a church, I, I would have felt like that's not a place for me. That I've, I've sinned too deep, too, too much, too, too hard, too bad. But it's that consciousness that I can be free from that I can come boldly in front of you guys and minister that gospel, that true gospel. So I encourage you to receive that and allow the Lord to minister to you and then you do what he's called you to do.